All right, well, we're in the book of Titus again this morning. Uh, We will continue our introduction or introductory thoughts to the book here uh, this morning. Um, So last week we we began the introduction, and uh, certainly we understand Paul is the, the writer of the epistle. And so today we'll look at to whom he is writing, Timothy, or excuse me, Titus, obviously. Uh, it's, he calls him his son in the faith, and uh, <clears throat> again, he was writing this epistle to Titus uh, to help fulfill the objective uh, of the Apostle Paul, right? To preach the gospel, to establish churches, and, and uh, what an exciting time it would have been uh, to be alive during the early church and all the challenges and the difficulties there. And, and so he's writing to this, uh, what I presume is a relatively young person. He doesn't quite say as much about his youth as he does with Timothy, uh, but certainly he is a son in the faith. And so trying to encourage him specifically here on the island of Crete. Um, and so let's begin by reading. Let's read verses 1 through. Uh, we'll go through verse 4. And then we'll have a word of prayer. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father And the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Heavenly Father, it is good to gather together around the people of God. And certainly, Lord, we desire for you to meet with us. And we ask that you would just fill this place with your spirit. I pray that the teachers would be anointed from on high as they teach the word of God this morning. And Father, that as the word goes forth, we pray that it would find good ground. Lord, I pray that folks would be receptive to what you have for them from your word today. And certainly, Father, we desire to be more like Christ. And so we pray that you would work in our lives in such a way that would conform us to the image of Christ. And Father, we do pray that you would just do a work in our midst. I pray that our church would be bound together in unity. And Father, that we could go forward for the cause of Christ. And and Father, I do pray that you would uh, just bless our church. Lord, we thank you for this place. Lord, we praise you for this church that you've allowed us to be a part of. And we pray for your continued blessing. Upon this assembly, Lord, give wisdom and direction. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be about the Father's business, that we would be faithful to share Christ in our community. And certainly, Lord, we pray for your blessing and that our church would grow spiritually and that we would reach souls for Christ. And we'll give you the glory for all of it. Bless now as we look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I neglected to mention my dad. I do have an update. He is on hospice. Um, Things really deteriorated rapidly. Uh, and, but he's on hospice more for pain management purposes, not because they think his death is imminent. Um, his pain was really unmanageable, uh, and, uh, the medication he was taking to deal with the pain wasn't very effective, and it was causing a lot of side effects, so they switched him to some other stuff, but I don't know if it's the state of Idaho or, or maybe just in general in the United States. You have to have a pain management doctor to be on some of these narcotics, and the wait to get into there was too long. And so you either needed to go to a pain management clinic or um, be on hospice. That's the other way that you can get some of these narcotics to help with the pain. So 
They went the route of hospice because hospice shows up within 24 or 48 hours of that request. And so he's on there for pain management purposes. The hope is still that he can uh, manage the pain to get treatment. And if you guys understand hospice, you can't see, they will not pay for any treatment. But you can electively do your own treatments. And he's doing some hyperbaric chamber and stuff like that. So it's things that, that he pays out of pocket. So he can still get those treatments, but he can't get those if he's in too much pain to get up and about because they live in the mountains of Idaho and it's about an hour or more drive to go to any place for any care. So uh, I do appreciate your prayers. Sorry, I forgot to mention that before. All right, back to Timothy. Or excuse me, why do I keep saying that? Titus, the book of Titus. Um, And so as we continue this introduction, um, in verse 4 we see this. It says, to Titus, mine own son after the common faith. And he calls him his own son, and this uh, certainly suggests that the Apostle Paul was instrumental in, his, in Titus coming to know Christ. Um, and 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and 15, here's an example of that. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. So the Apostle Paul uses this language frequently. Uh, to those people that he was instrumental of coming to Christ. And so he says, my own son. And uh, what an exciting thing that is to have folks that you've led to the Lord. Uh, and I, what I would say this morning is what a challenge that is for us. Do we have anybody in our lives that we can call a son or a daughter in the faith because God used us in an instrumental way that they might come to know Christ? Uh, is that true in our life? Uh, I trust that it is. And then not just that, but have we been a part of their growth? Have we been fulfilling the Great Commission, I guess is what I'm saying. Have we reached somebody and then taught them those things, taught them the Word of God, taught them the critical things of the faith? Uh, can that, it, it just got real quiet. I don't know why. And, and maybe that's a convicting thought because perhaps we, we aren't doing as well as we, we can because I think God wants to use all of us. There's not a single person in here that, that can't share their testimony and what God did in their life. And sometimes that's all it, it needs. People, listen, people are searching for truth. Whether they, they call it that or, or they are going to openly admit that, they're looking for truth. And so when you can say, hey, look, here's what God did in my life. And you can share maybe some of those critical Bible verses that God used to bring you to Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is there working. Listen, that's how people get saved, is it not? By the Word of God. And so uh, we, we share our testimony, we share the Word of God and how it worked in our life, and certainly we pray that folks would get saved. They would come to know Christ. And so I, I challenge you, if you don't have some folks that you're actively trying to reach, find someone. Uh, find somebody targeted. Um, I, I want to be careful here because I, I don't want to be critical of these things. And I don't want to, I believe these are important things and we ought to be doing that. But door-to-door witnessing is not the solution to your witness. I think a lot of churches and a lot of people in churches have soothed their conscience with every Saturday we, we gather together to go door knocking. But the rest of the week, are you being a witness? Are you being a witness in your workplace? Are you being a witness in your home when you... When you gather for Thanksgiving, what a blessing. And you have lost family members. 
Listen, oftentimes I think those are more critical times for us to, to share the gospel. Those people know us. They can see what God's done in our life. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've led some people to the Lord door-to-door, confrontational, if you want to call it that, witnessing I have. I've led people to Christ by knocking on their doors. But far more has been in other ways. There's a lot, One, you can knock 100 doors and nobody will even answer. So you can invest a lot of time in it. And again, I'm not, being, I'm not saying we ought not do that. So don't misunderstand me this morning. But what I'm saying is, I think oftentimes we soothe our conscience and we get away with not witnessing in other parts of our life because, well, I went door knocking. I have checked the box, but I believe God wants to use us everywhere we're at. Amen. And so as you go to the grocery store, man, pass out some tracks. Listen, Mrs. DeGarmo, I used to hate going places with her because she'd bump into people all the time. And it's like, we, we, I want to go into the store buy my ketchup and leave. <laughs> so much so that we don't really shop. She's like, I hate taking you because you're always so mission-oriented. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, put what we need in the cart, check out, and let's get out of here. But she can, she, she, it's like she knows people everywhere. And so they'll start talking. And she builds relationships and she's able to connect with people in a different way. Listen, don't be in a rush. Our Savior was not rushing when it came to the matters of the eternal destiny of the souls that he came in contact with. He wearied himself. He, he was tired like we are. He, he, he had all those things. He understands the things, the challenges that we have, but he took the time. And I believe the Apostle Paul is a great example of somebody that did that similarly. And so, listen, do you have those that you've come in contact with? And, and so certainly just as any parent, uh, he wants the Lord's best for Titus. It says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Boy, isn't that what we want for our children? I want God's grace and mercy in their life, and, and certainly I want them to live in peace. Uh, what a blessing. And so here's Titus, a uh, little background. There is, did you know he's not mentioned in the book of Acts? That surprised me. When you talk about the book of Acts being uh, the record of how the early churches were established and the ministries of all those that were growing around. And I think Crete was only mentioned four times. And it might be just in Acts chapter 27 when the Apostle Paul goes to Fair Havens. Or, I can't remember, but uh, there's very little known about what took place on the island of Crete and, and even Titus. Um, he's not mentioned in the book of Acts, but he is mentioned, I think, 14 times. 15 times, twice in one verse, if I remember correctly, in, in some of those things I looked at. Titus is mentioned nearly 30 times, or excuse me, Timothy. See, I'm trying to get it right. And I, so Timothy is, is mentioned many, many times. If you look at Timothy and Timotheus uh, in, in the different books of the Bible, I think it was 28 or more times that, that he was mentioned, but Titus really isn't. So we don't really have a lot of information about this, but we know he's a Greek, Galatians 2.3 says, But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So we know he was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. Uh, Timothy, being part Jew. Uh, but he was a critical piece of the Apostle Paul's ministry. Titus was. And uh, I found that uh, to be a blessing as I, as I studied and looked at a few things this week. I was like, I want to be a Titus. I don't need to have my name on the door. I, don't, I just want to be a fellow helper. We'll look at that. Paul calls him a fellow helper uh, later on in, in the ministry. 
<clears throat> but he accompanied Paul to Jerusalem during the controversy over circumcision. Perhaps that's because he was a Greek and he wasn't circumcised, and that was the main topic of discussion, and there was a lot of uh, dissension and disunity over that, that subject. So maybe he's like, hey, I'm going to bring this guy as a great example of somebody that's been saved, God's changed, and using it in a mighty way, and he's not circumcised. I don't know, that's speculation on my part. But Acts 15, 1 and 2, and it says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Boy, we need to be careful that we're not adding something to the grace of God in salvation. Legalism, as, as, some, as we would say. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. That's Acts 15. Now look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring, uh, excuse me, they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, not uh, for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. And so certainly there were critical points in Paul's ministry where uh, the influence of Titus and, and things were, were very valuable for the cause of Christ. And it I think, based on my studies and some of the things I look at, it was probably somewhere in, in Paul's third missionary journey. There, there's, again, there's not a lot of information about this individual, so it's kind of hard to build timelines and things. Uh, but Titus does become his personal emissary, so to speak, for the church at Corinth. And he's very instrumental in that ministry. Um, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul sends Titus to see how he was... They, to Corinth to see how they had received the apostle. He was looking for a report and how things were going. In, uh, <clears throat> uh, when Titus did not return, after, after that he had sent him, um, and they were going to meet in Troas was, was the plan, um, but Titus wasn't there. And 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened, Unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence unto Macedonia. So he had sent him out uh, to see, to check on the how the the church at Corinth was doing, and and the the plan was to meet up. And he was troubled because, hey, where's my brother at? We we had a plan. He's not here, and it concerned him. Uh, but they do finally connect, and it was a, a great comfort to the apostle Paul. Um, later on in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verses 5-7, through 7, we read this. It says, For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down, comfort us by the coming of Titus. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you, when he told us your earnest desire your mourning, your fervent mind toward me so that I rejoice the more. And so there was great comfort in knowing that even though they didn't meet up at the, the established place or, or time, that, boy, it was a fruitful trip for Titus in, in, in the church at Corinth. 
And later on in, in chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians, it says this, Therefore we were comforted in, our, in your comfort. Yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we were for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. For if I have boasted anything to you, to him of you, I am not ashamed, but as we speak all things to you in truth, even so our boasting, which I made uh, before Titus, is found a truth. And this inward affection is more abundant towards you, whilst he remembereth the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. And so it was a great comfort to know uh, that the church had received the Apostle Paul and his message and that uh, really they were being obedient and they had received Titus and Titus was able to bring this report back. That was a great comfort to the Apostle Paul. We talk about, we, we understand the Bible says the care of all the churches that was laid upon him. I can't imagine the burden that that may be uh, or that it was for the Apostle Paul. Having churches scattered all over and being concerned of how their condition are. Are, are they faring well? Are they walking in, in, in truth? Uh, in, in that concern, but at times when he could have men that could go and, and touch base with these churches and find, find out, man, God's working. Things are great. Praise God, what a blessing it is. And so, boy, to be a Titus. You don't have to be the senior pastor. I, listen, I'll be honest. I'll, I don't want to be. That's just not my desire. That's, and and, and, and I, that's not my strong suit. I'll come vacuum if I need to. I just want to help. I want to support. And so, listen, if you want to be used of God, make yourself a servant. That's the example of our Savior. What needs to be done? What labor needs to be take, taken upon? Listen, pastor cannot clean the church. It's not that he's above that. I don't want to pay him to do that. I want to pay him to study and to prepare and to pray. That's his job, right? And so who's going to do those things? Us, the people, the laborers. We're here to serve and all those things that make the church function. And so uh, I think I've said this multiple times lately, but if you don't have a ministry, there's one for you. There is plenty to do here. And so... Um, and, and let God do the exalting. Maybe you start cleaning toilets, and it, and it grows from there, and God uses you in a great, in what we would call significant way. But don't seek that. Uh, seek to be a servant. And so what a great example we have in Titus of somebody that's willing to just follow the leadership of the apostle. So Paul's the apostle. Titus is not, right? But he, he's supporting and helping that ministry. Everything that takes place in our church on a weekly basis, the people that set up the hymnals, the people that clean the church, the people that are downstairs feeding the, uh, the children and all those things, those are critical pieces of how our church is ministering to our community. And nothing is less significant. It just has to do with God putting you in a certain place at a certain time to minister there. So uh, I encourage you, find a place to serve. That's what Timothy did. And so his specific place, as we kind of get back to our text here, is the island of Crete. Uh, I didn't read this, but in verse 5 it says, For this cause left I thee in Crete. And so the apostle said, Hey, Timothy, or excuse me, Titus, there's some things that need to be done in Crete. And he was willing. Uh, Are you willing to do what is needed? 
Because when we start digging into this, this was no easy task. How many of you have been in church for more than five years, a year, right? Church people can be challenging, can they not? And so he says, for this cause left I thee in Crete. And what is it? That thou, sh- that thou shouldest set in order. Oh boy, there's some things that are wanting. There's some issues taking place. We need to set, and listen, our God is a God of order. That's, that's a different, but Titus is given no small, simple, easy task here. Not just one church, by the way. From, from the sounds of it, there was multiple assemblies here uh, on the island. And, and so, boy, what a challenge. But that's the ministry that he was given by the apostle. And ultimately, we understand that was by the Lord, right? So what do we do? We submit ourselves to the leadership of our church. Hey, what does pastor say needs to be done? What are those ministries that we, we may be lacking, that we need a laborer in? Well, ask pastor. I got some ideas as well, because he's, he's told me those things. But, but listen, understand that you don't, sometimes it's just as simple as leaders pointing out a need and somebody taking it. You don't have to labor in prayer for a month over it. Well, God, do you really want me to go down and help with the bus meal? If there's a void and God's called you to this assembly and you have the ability and the time, get involved. Get involved. It, it, it's, it's a need. If the boss says it's a need, pastor says it's a need. I don't want to be irreverent, but, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. This, the apostle said, hey, Titus, this is where I need you right now. There's some things that, that need to be set in order. Uh, we need you to move into this position of ministry. And <clears throat> so what a blessing it is to have willing people. Now, the apostle never intended Titus to stay there for forever. We, if you guys have read the book, I assume you have. It's three long chapters. Um, but if you look at chapter 3, it says this, When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me uh, to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. And so he's like, hey, I need you to go here. I got a task for you to set some things in order, but I am eventually going to send some relief. I got a couple of these guys. One of them's going to come. And, and now though scripture doesn't really tell us if that actually took place. Um, <clears throat> that I found. We do know that the last reference we have to Titus is he ends up going to Dalmatia um, in 2 Timothy 4.10. It says, For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. I don't think Titus had forsaken him. That was Demas. He was just saying, here's where some of these other guys. So we know that he didn't spend the rest of his entire ministry there on the island of Crete. And so, listen, I'm talking about being an obedient servant. Where's God got a ministry for you? Are you going to fulfill that ministry? He may change that in time. Uh, Titus didn't stay there. Now, some of the stuff I looked at, history would reveal that perhaps Titus ends up back on the island of Crete and he dies there and there's a grave in his name on the island to this day. You know, I don't know. The Bible doesn't give us that, so I won't be dogmatic there, but history would say that he perhaps is is buried there. But listen, Titus proved to be a great partner and fellow helper in the ministry. 2 Corinthians 8.23, Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Or our brethren be inquired of, they are the messenger of the churches in the glory of Christ. Listen, you know what Titus was doing with Paul? Striving together. 
he was laboring together for the faith of the gospel, accomplishing what God had intended for the apostle to do. And certainly we know nobody's going to do it on their own. And so he banded together with Titus, and, and we know other men, uh, and women for that matter. Uh, women are recorded as being used of God in the Bible. All right. Now, they're not going to go set things in order at the church because that's a pastor's position. And so, but, but listen, women, you have a critical piece of this too. Um, now, what was even more difficult for me to try to find out the time and place of this writing, I don't, I don't know if you can really nail it down. Um, <clears throat> somewhere between 62 to 66 um, would have been some things. I found a possible scenario and it was after, but there's a lot because there's not a lot about Creed or Titus in general in, in, the, in the book of Acts or anywhere uh, in our New Testament. So we don't know if it was after Paul's first imprisonment and he traveled around some more and he made it to the island of Crete. The only time we know that Paul spent a substantial amount of time at Crete was when he was on his way to Rome in Acts chapter 27 and they stopped in Fair Havens and it said he was there for a while and by that time sailing wasn't, wasn't good. And so um, could it have been at that point? I don't know, because it, when Paul goes back, he's beheaded pretty quickly after that imprisonment. And so I don't know if he would have had time to write letters. Um, so I, th- I think it was likely after his first imprisonment and when he went back out to minister again. We know that he left Timothy at Ephesus, according to 1 Timothy 1.3, and I besought thee uh, to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some, uh, that they teach no other doctrine. And so... If you guys under, I don't have a, maybe I should have put a map up, but you have Asia Minor here, you have the island of Crete, and then you have basically Europe or Greece and all that in that time. And so certainly you didn't have to go through Crete to get there, but it was a very common route. And so as the Apostle Paul was traveling to these different locations in that region, it's very possible that at other times that we may not have recorded in Scripture, he could have been there. Um, However... Um, did you know there were Cretans, Cretes, I guess is what the Bible calls them, at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? Uh, so it's perhaps at that point that people are saved and then they take the faith back to the island. And the Apostle Paul could have heard of this somewhere. It may not necessarily be that the Apostle Paul established these churches. Um, so there is some room for that. I don't think we can establish with certainty where he wrote this letter from, some say Nicopolis because he had determined a winner there and, and, and Titus was going to come meet him there, but that doesn't mean he wrote the book from there. He was just going to be there for winter. Um, so, but you know what the blessing is? We don't really have to know. Uh, God inspired the Apostle Paul to write this, and as we get through this, I think you're going to find there's some very valuable things. And so as the apostle goes about trying to help establish these churches, no doubt he selected Titus to be in Crete. And it is Acts chapter 2, 1, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So there were those from the island of Crete that uh, I believe were saved there uh, early on in the book of Acts. And perhaps they were the ones that, that took that back. No question is, based on verse 5, in our text, for this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. So no doubt there were some folks there that needed maturing. 
that needed encouragement, that uh, the order was needed in, in is what the Word of God tells us. And so he, he's left there to do this. And in chapter 2, we get this. It says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And so he, he's encouraging Titus to do sound doctrine. And, and as we prepare to close here, uh, I, I, this is interesting. There are several admonishments or encouragements that the Christians would be zealous for good works there on the island of Crete. Titus 2.14 says this, Who gave himself for us, that, we might, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Titus 3.1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. 3 and verse 8, This is a faithful saying, In these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Man, it's profitable to, to do good works. Listen, and, and these are the people that have believed. I'm not saying you're earning your salvation. Right. I, I think we have that established. But verse 14 in chapter 3, it says, let, And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. Boy, we don't want to be the unfruitful Christian. Right. Lord, help us. Uh, and so we need to be mindful of this idea of maintaining good works. Uh, it really is unique, and it uses the, the phrase good works so many times here. Um, <clears throat> so as, as we think about a basic outline of Titus, I think verses 1 through 4 is a good introduction. Uh, certainly that's the, what the Apostle Paul uses. And one of the things that's missing in the introduction is a lot of the thanksgiving. So it's almost like there's some urgency in Paul's writing to Titus regarding what needs to take place. In many of the things, even when you look at the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, in his introduction, there's a lot of thanksgiving. That's, that's absent here. And it speaks maybe to the potential for the urgent need of some of the things. Or the Apostle Paul had got done writing 2 Timothy. Well, let me write this letter to Titus. And I know for me, when I start writing after a period of time, I'm like, you know what? There's a little extra in here that maybe I don't... Listen, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so perhaps that's because it was more needful to focus on the things that were lacking or wanting. Uh, speculation on my part. but So there's an introduction, but then we talk about setting things in order. And so verses 5 through 16 uh, talks about setting things in order in the church. And, and we have the qualifications for elders in 5 through 9. And then we have ways to deal with those that may be insubordinate or causing... Uh, problems in verses 10 through 16. And then we have some Christian conduct for older men and women. Uh, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, younger men and women. Chapter 2, 4 and 8. And then for some servants in, in 9 through 14. Listen, we ought to all be servants. Uh, and then really some in chapter 3, we have brethren in, in general in verses 1 through 11. And then there's a conclusion in, in verses 12 through 15. So that was just some introductory thoughts. But as we close out today, um, <clears throat> I think the appropriate theme for the epistle would be maintain good works. Mm -hmm. And we'll see that, I think, as we uh, continue our study through here, uh, through the book. And so I'll offer you this passage as a key verse to this epistle uh, to Titus. Is, this is a faithful saying in these things, I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works 
So these, or these things are good and profitable unto men. So as we proceed through this epistle, it is my prayer and aim that the study will be a help, but it would encourage us to maintain good works. Uh, listen, we have a good church. We, there was a testimony about that today. We really do. But are we a perfect church? So there are some things that are wanting. Uh, I think us as individuals, we all can do better in, in some area, maybe many areas for some of y'all. Man, you guys are a tough crowd. Uh, but listen, let my, so my, my thoughts are here this morning, let's set some things in order and be careful to maintain good works. We ought to be about the Father's business. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word and, and the blessing it is to, Lord, look into your word. And Father, I pray that we would continue therein and that you would change us to be more like Christ. Bless now as we will look at these uh, chapters over the next several weeks. We pray for your Holy Spirit guidance and direction. And Father, we do pray for the service to follow. We ask that you would bless our pastor. Lord, fill him with the Spirit. Use him in a mighty way. And I pray that as the Word of God goes forth, you would touch hearts and move in lives. Bless those that will be singing, and certainly, Lord, our congregational singing, we desire to glorify you. And we pray that you just meet with us, encourage and strengthen us to continue on for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.